Uncovering the reality of the learning to trade journey can be tricky in an industry filled with many myths and misconceptions. The aim of this podcast is to generate clarity over this journey through documenting the challenges and the solutions I personally experience as I move through the process from novice to consistently profitable trader. Everyone's trading journey is unique, yet if a shared tip or trick in this podcast can shave even 1% off of your learning curve, then that will be a job well done. Hey guys, welcome back to the podcast. Um, I think there's going to be a thunderstorm, so if you hear some crazy weather in the background, that's what it is. It's like really humid, but I can hear thunder, and I think it's about to stop. Anyway, so in this episode, I was going to talk about, I am going to talk about, um, what to do if you find a pair that's not profitable, or the first few pairs you test aren't profitable. What do you do? Do you just scrap it there and then? What are you meant to do? Um, I'm trying to think back to the first pair I tested. I feel like it was probably like pound dollar or euro dollar. I think I just went with something like really obvious. Either that or I would have gone about it in an alphabetical order and started with like Aussie CAD or Aussie dollar. Um, but whatever I tested first, I remember the results weren't great. And I wasn't actively looking into my results as I went, but I could just see there were a hell of a lot of stopped out trades here compared to the ones that hit target. Um, and that was somewhat concerning for me because I was like, what? Like, I thought I was going to backtest. I've been spending all these hours. It was taking me like two or three weeks to do one pair. And then to kind of see that, I was a bit like, oh. Um, <laughs> and what do you do? Do you scrap it there and then? Um, I can tell you now, to be honest with you, like the first three months of my backtesting last year, I ended up scrapping the whole lot because I was doing a daily as my higher time frame, and it got to the point where I was ready to filter. I tested like 10 pairs and I was like, how the hell am I meant to filter off such a small sample size? And for me and my personality, that was a concern. There weren't enough opportunities. It, I could just tell that it wasn't comfortable for me. So I decided, okay, I'm gonna drop a time frame, start testing again. Now, even though it was really long at the time, I was like, for fuck's sake, like, I've just spent three months on this. This is annoying. Um, I'm actually really pleased because I kind of feel like when you start backtesting, no matter how prepared you are, no matter how clear your rules are written out, like, my rules are written out, like, crystal clear, if then syntax. I could happily identify my setup from the beginning because even before I backtested, I spent a week or two just getting to grips with the strategy, practicing it, ensuring that I could identify it on a consistent basis. And then, um, and then it got to back testing. And even though I could identify it, what I felt was consistently, when it got to the end of three months, I felt a bit unsure of my ebbs and flows. So, in terms of drawing out my trends, so initial structure high, outside return, new structure high, the starting points. Um, Like I feel like sometimes I was including the little retracements, sometimes only the bigger ones. And just as a side note tip, this is why when it comes to learning trends, practice going bar by bar, because it's very easy. It gets very easy to draw a trend when you can see how everything plays out. You can see the actual moves, but when, when, you're going live 
or when you're back testing because you're going bar by bar, it's just like a completely different ball game and it's a lot more difficult. And that's kind of the issue I was facing. Um, so yeah, I highly, highly recommend that. But it it planted a seed of uncertainty in my mind and I just knew, like my biggest fear was to end up going live at some point <clears throat> and be unconfident in what I was doing or be like, oh, I don't know, do I count this, do I not count this? Like, I did not want that to happen if I could avoid it. Um, so I decided, so that was another good thing that I could stop again. So like I'm saying, I'm kind of happy that I had those three months almost like practice backtesting. Um, and it also taught me what I did and did not want to look into. So again, because I was just putting in way more reps, I started to have more ideas of what I was interested in and not interested in. Um, so anyway, so I started then backtesting right on a lower time frame with a 2.40 as my higher time frame, a 60 minutes as my training time frame. And I'm pretty sure that my first like two pairs weren't great. I don't think any of the pairs were like amazing, to be honest. It's not like, well, this is incredibly profitable, like brilliant. Um, they were all just like, meh, okay. Um, I mean, I never deep dived into looking into things like breakdown per year. I was kind of just looking at an average which now I know I wasn't even calculating correctly. Um, and yeah, I basically just wasn't overwhelmed with performance. And then for me, it like, I was like fine with that because I, like at the end of the day, you have to remember there are a significant amount of Forex pairs. Not every single one's gonna fix, fix, fit your strategy. It's the way it is. Um, even in regards to time frames, like what works on a 240 and a 60 might not work on a 60 and a 15. I know people say that, oh yeah, if it works on this, it will work on the one lower. Not necessarily. Um, so yeah, you have to kind of bear these things in mind. And it just makes sense. Like at the end of the day, if you're in consolidation on a higher time frame, if you go down to a lower time frame, that could be a nice little trend there. Because at the end of the day, yes, you might be consolidating, but all those little moves, it could be going up and then down. Perfect view. Um, so that you kind of can't assume. But it does piss me off when I see people being like, oh, my first pair isn't profitable. Fuck the system. It's literally just, I don't like this system. It's literally like, shh, 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 shh. <laughs> because you're talking shit, <laughs> basically. Um... And to my knowledge, I'm sure someone will remind me, <clears throat> George, if, um, or Jason or Akil, one of them, if I ever was in the mindset where I wanted to hop to a different system. But as far as I can remember, I never had that problem. And I think it was because I genuinely liked the strategy. And for me, it got to the point where, <clears throat> I believe it was Euro dollar. So my strategy had three entry types two of the entry types were profitable, one wasn't. And I liked the entry technique of the one that wasn't profitable. Now, the fact that I happily discarded the two that were profitable and decided to go ahead with testing the one that wasn't on that pair, for example, shows me that I made that decision for the right reason. Because when, for example, someone comes to you and they say, I've tested one or two pairs, um, it's not looking like it's profitable. I want to do a different strategy. 
Like, Sarova, what do you think is going to happen? Like, seriously, do you think it's going to be profitable in every pair? You haven't even done any work. You haven't looked into if perhaps there's a filter that could filter out some trades. And a similar thing happened to me, like, it was like a week or two ago. I'm testing my strategy on a lower time frame. And I basically have the issue of one of the years is, like, significantly unprofitable. I'm not talking about minus six or seven percent. It's like, what the fuck's that noise? It's like double digits. Um, with 2% risk, it's like 38% um, drawdown, which is crazy. It's way beyond my maximum allowable drawdown. It's way beyond any natural drawdown, even in my portfolio as a whole and individually. So I'm like seriously not happy with that right now. And I mean, it's interesting because on the lower time frame, it's kind of like my profitable years are way more profitable, but my crap years are way more crap, um, which is like quite interesting for me anyway, to have seen that. Um, so I was like, I basically said to George, what the fuck is that noise outside? That's not what I said to him. I basically said to him, um, so should I just drop this now? Because to be honest, if it's this negative in ROI, like that's a lot to work with to get minus, was it minus 38%? Let me check. Um, mm -mm, 2% risk. It's minus 35%. Flipping hell. Like, I don't even know if I could get that down to a negative year that I'm happy with. Granted, not every year in a strategy is going to be positive. Like in my, in my strategy that I'm currently trading, some, like every single instrument has negative years, but the point is when combined as a whole, it's positive every year. Um, but minus 35% is a lot to work with and I never had that issue with my other system. And it's a bit of a red flag to me. So I was like, should I drop it because minus 35% is minus 35%. And him and Orshi were just like, no, and you're focusing on the result, bitch. Um, and again, this is why it's important to ask questions to people that are going to make people put you in your place. Like they put me in my place at the end of the day. And since they've said that, I kind of just haven't been bothered about looking at my results. Because I was looking at them consist like often when I was going through at the end of each year. Um, just to see how it was getting on, see what was working and what wasn't. But now I'm just like, <laughs> I kind of just don't care. I'm just like, let me just get to the end of this. And then I'll look at everything at the end. Like there's kind of not much of a point of looking at stuff as you go other than um, kind of seeing what's working and what's not and perhaps what you need to look further into, what you don't need to. Not what you don't need to, but you know, certain patterns start emerging. Um, but they were like, and it's true, it's the advice that I would give someone. Like with my other strategy, there were... I think it was like New Zealand dollar. It was like a good strategy from the beginning. I could see it was working in a very basic way, but um, I can't remember if it was because there were a couple of negative years again that I really wasn't happy with, or if the drawdown was too big. It was one of them. And I was like, I would happily include this if the drawdown was like significantly smaller, basically. Obviously, wouldn't anyone. <laughs> but like the years that were positive did very well but just like the drawdown was too big. I think it was something like that. So I, what I did, and this is what I'm saying, don't just discard something because there's a negative year you're not happy with or because the drawdown's too big. So what I did was I 
because I take screenshots of everything as I'm doing my back testing, I copied every single screenshot in that drawdown period into a Word document so I could see, you know, all of them together. And with like a current, it was like half of them or like 60% of them. There, I was like, there's something about these trades that I don't like. And, you know, it's not about them not winning. That's not what I kind of didn't like about them. It was, there was something, the way price moved before it gave me my setup that didn't sit right with me. And I couldn't put my finger on it because it wasn't something specific that I'd learned where it's like, there was a retest prior to setup or I don't know, you know, just like very basic, basic things. Like there was a doji before my signal candle. It wasn't something like that. And eventually from looking at them, I clocked onto what it was and it ended up being a rule in one, two, three, four, four of my instruments, four, like that is a lot. Um, it ended up filtering out a lot of stopped out trades, which was pretty cool. And that came from really drilling down into the drawdown on my New Zealand dollar pair and clocking onto what wasn't working with those trades. Once you've figured out what doesn't work with those trades, you obviously need to go back through every single trade and see what it's going to filter out. Because whilst it could filter out, you know, 80% of those, is it going to filter out a bunch, a bunch of winners? So that's kind of what you need to do. Um, another instrument, actually, Jer30, I believe it was. It was like, it did well. And then like the last two years didn't do well. Um, and I was on the fence about whether to include it. And again, because I just thought if this is the case, like, to be honest, that doesn't sit well with me. Um, but again, it was a case of going back to the drawing board, looking at my filters again, and seeing if there was a way that I could refilter that would kind of balance things out. Yes, reduce some of the years that had higher ROIs, but it smoothed things out over time to give me an ROI that I was happy with in the recent years as well as on average and that's kind of what you have to do like I just think if you can see that there is something there in a lot of the years and it's just like a couple of things that you're not happy with a lot of the time I think you can figure out ways to reduce that drawdown or reduce the number of losers um and if not like I think it was uh it was like the FTSE 100 I tested and there were so many stopped out trades that it's like you can't filter this or I'll literally be left with like 10% of what I started with. Um, in those cases, I think I just discarded it straight away. Um, but if I can see there's something to work with, like even right now while I'm back testing, like, let's see. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Seven out of the nine years I've tested so far are positive and like I'm talking like very positive, very good years. Um, and there's two years which are pretty negative and I'm not happy with. Um, so if I can reduce those years, reduce the positive years as well probably and have something that kind of balances out then that's fine. So like, just don't get disheartened. And remember, maybe you'll move into a different type of market. Maybe you're just testing indices, for example, and you go and test and it's not working. Then you go and test on Forex pairs and it does insanely well. Or maybe you go to a different time frame. Or like I'm saying, there's just so many things you can do. Um, 
and don't focus on the result when you're going through the process. This is why it's best to look at things at the end because especially in those early stages, if you're like, it's your first time back testing ever, then if you see the first year just has quite a lot of stopped out trades, you might become disheartened and end up not doing that strategy literally based on one year when for all you know the next nine years could be incredibly positive and good um so you just can't make fast-paced decisions like again it comes down to mindset you have to be in a process driven mindset and it's a challenge getting there you literally have to force yourself and that's why things like not having the results directly next to every single trade it kind of forces you not to focus on that because it's not even there you don't even know how your system's doing um and I definitely did that with my first strategy because you know that was kind of the benefit so yeah um also with my losing years for example like I'm saying on this instrument um and I can see something that's really not working in the strategy that's probably going to end up being a filter something I'm tracking that has already given me the idea of what I'm going to test after I'm finished with the strategy because I like it's kind of I can take advantage of what's not working and turn it into a strategy that takes advantage of that just repeating myself but you know what I mean um which is awesome so also you might you definitely learn from what's not working and you'll get closer to what does so focus on the process don't get disheartened does it get to a point where perhaps you drop a strategy sure if you test you know 10 freaking pairs none are profitable there's nothing that you can actually do um because like 90 percent of trades are freaking losers that's a completely different story um so yeah that's basically what i did and what i'm doing right now so anyway i hope you enjoyed this um i hope it gave a bit of tips and yeah i hope the thunderstorm stopped and it's not raining what a disappointment anyway um thanks for listening and see you in next week's episode <laughs>